Good afternoon, Regeneration Nashville. Stand to your feet this afternoon. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I love coming to a place that I know the presence of God is going to be at because you can't go to every place and find the presence of the Lord, but it's in this place, and I'm so excited. I think of, uh, I think of the, the woman who had the issue of blood. Uh, Jesus passed by her, but she had to reach out and take hold of the hem of his garment. And the presence of the Lord is here today, but it's up to you to reach out and to press in today and take hold of the hem of his garment and, and, and see what the Lord will do in your life and, and your situation because he is willing and he is in this place. Let's go, uh, let's go to prayer this morning. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you permeate this atmosphere. God, that you are here, Lord Jesus. God, that you have a plan and a purpose today. Lord, we come into agreement with you and into alignment with you and all that it is in your heart to do here today. Lord, we reach out and we take hold, Lord, and we come expecting to see signs and wonders and miracles to walk in one way and to leave another, Lord, that we walk out, Lord, lighter, having left behind burdens and chains and shackles, Lord, as we lift our hands to worship. I thank you, God, that you go before us. God, that you go before us in this week, that you're preparing a place for us. God, a way for us. Lord, we set our eyes on you, and we come to you with great thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. Sing it with me. Lift up the name of Jesus. 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 Lift up the name of Jesus.
I'm filled with anointing. My cup's overflowing. Thank you, Lord. And no weapon can harm me. I won't feel.
But we're going to say it today in victory because we walk in victory. So let's read it together today. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God loves to see me prosper, I am believing Him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedoms and breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Ushers, you may serve the people as they give today, and may God bless you abundantly. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Has anybody told you they love you yet today? Because I want to be the first. I love you. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to worship with you today. Uh, I, I'm thinking of a verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. And I just want you to know this is the week of Thanksgiving. This, thanks, uh, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. And I want you to know that I am thankful for you. 
I love you with all my heart. And I just pray the blessings of the Lord on you and your family. I'm just excited about what God is doing. I've got some fun stuff to talk to you about. Uh, but first, I just want to find out where you're from. I feel like we have some people visiting from out of state. Where is Nadia? I met Nadia today. She came in, and where are you? And she said, um, I'm, I said, where are you from? She said, Washington State, but we just moved here to be a part of Regeneration Nashville. Where are you? Stand up. Stand up, whole family. Let us welcome you today. We're glad to have you here. God bless you. Amen. Anybody else from out of state, out of town? Yes? Florida. Stand up, Florida. Let us welcome you. We're glad you're here. God bless you. Anybody else? Yes. Virginia, stand up, Virginia. We're happy you're here. Welcome to Nashville. Anybody? Yes, sir. Say again. New York. New York. Stand up, New York. We're glad you're here. God bless you. Where are the rest of y'all from? New York. Okay, we're in New York. Long Island. Wow, they got Jesus out there. Yeah. Well, now he's down here with you, right? Glad you're here. Say again. Minnesota! Yeah! We're happy you're here. God bless you. Anybody else? Texas. Stand up, Texas. Let us welcome you. Glad you're here. I heard somebody over here. Oh, another New York. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here. We'll make a Nashvilleian out of you. Happy you're here. God bless you. Anybody else? Because then I got something fun to tell you. Indiana, stand up, Indiana. Louisiana, sorry, stand up, Louisiana. We're happy you're here. God bless you. Them Anna, them Anna states kind of all run together, together. Indiana, Louisiana. Okay, well, anyway, so anybody else? Okay, good, because I got something fun to tell you. So these people are from out of town, but they're not from out of state. They're from Martin, uh, Tennessee, and there's a lady here named Peggy Price, and uh, I don't know, I, I'm not going to make you come up, up the steps, but I wonder if you would just come and, and let me have you tell them their story, your story. Would you mind to do that? Maybe your son can help you, because she fell a couple of days ago. Well, maybe just stand there and... Okay, you're going to love this story, though. So, are you okay to walk? Okay. Okay, well, tell us what happened November the 14th of 2021 when you were here at Regeneration Nashville. Uh, this was our first time here last year, November the 14th. And I had melanoma. I had cancer. So uh, we came in, and this, this good sister right here was asking everybody where they were from. And then whenever she got through, well, uh, the Holy Ghost hit her. She started speaking in tongues, and she started naming the diseases that people had. And when she come over cancer, I was waving my banner high. And when I did, the Lord healed me. Yeah. And I don't have cancer anymore. Praise his holy name forevermore. Yeah. 
and praise his name. And I'm so thankful for her and her husband for the work that they're doing for God. And um, I, I have a request tonight. Uh, can I do this? Uh, She's got the mic. What can I do? <laughs> My daughter, my daughter has got melanoma tonight, and I believe God's going to heal her. Yes, amen, amen, amen. And she's here. She's here. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah. Why don't we just come against cancer right now? Her daughter has melanoma, so stand with me. Let's bind that thing. Let's cast it out of her body. In the name of Jesus, every cancer cell has to go. We cast out melanoma from her daughter in the name of Jesus and everybody under the sound of my voice. We take authority over the spirit of cancer. We pull you down. We cast you out. Come on, church. Come on, church. Lord, I thank you that you made provision that with your stripes we were healed. We declare it. We plead the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name. Clap your hands. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to remind you that this is the lady. Isn't she beautiful? Don't you love her? It, she's the lady that left the building and started vomiting black. Remember that story? That's her. I wanted you to meet her. Isn't that wonderful? Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is still Lord. I don't care what the news media says. Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Yeah, and he still heals today. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Um, so I got something. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you, but this is, I, I want to help, I want you to help me make Christmas wonderful for some little children, okay? So let me navigate these glasses real quick. So they just picked these randomly here. I've got three cards in my hand. Each of these cards represents a child. Uh, if you remember the bridge ministry that uh, Regeneration Nashville partners with, we feed 4,000 children a week. And so we want to make Christmas for these children, okay? We want to make a wonderful Christmas for the, these underprivileged children. So this uh, card just happens to be uh, a boy age 12 and up, okay? So on the back, there is a list of suggestions, toy suggestions for a 12-year-old boy. That doesn't mean you have to go and buy every present on the, on the list. These are merely suggestions. But if you take a card, then you can look on the back and it says cologne or a woodcraft set, board game art set, science kit, etc., etc. Uh, this one says uh, baby zero to 11 months. And on, on the back is our suggestions here. It says uh, blanket wrap. Snuggle, doll, play mats, paddle, uh, teething toys, just suggestions. Uh, here's one, girls ages 12 and up, uh, colored pencils and all that. So anyway, uh, if you would take one of these cards and make a happy, wonderful Christmas for an underprivileged child, I would be so grateful and so thankful for your help. The cutoff date is December the 11th. So we'll need those gifts by December the 11th because the very following week, the bridge ministry, myself included, we will be out on the streets distributing these toys to the children. So if you want to help do that, please go to uh, bridgeministry.org and uh, sign up. Also, if you want to help wrap 
gifts. I need lots of wonderful gift wrappers. And so go to bridgeministry.org and, and sign up or regenerationnashville.org. So thank you so much. We have the most generous, loving church in the world. And I truly mean that with all my heart. So thank you so much for partnering with us. So one of my favorite people in the world is going to come up here. And this is my son, Nicholas. He is leaving tomorrow for Norway with the Isaacs. The Isaacs are touring in Norway and they have uh, graciously invited Nicholas to go. But Nicholas is a, a a uh, man of prayer and last week he called his dad and I actually I think he came to the house and he began to tell us what God was speaking to him uh, for this hour and so we just asked him to share this with you just for a moment so give Pastor Nicholas a good good hand thank you uh, I just began to pray the other night and I felt the Lord began to speak to me a couple of things so I'd like to to share them with you uh, the Lord brought to my mind uh, a story in Aesop's fables that I had read many years ago. And it's uh, where a shepherd takes in a flock of stray goats before a storm. He gives to these stray goats an abundance of food and to his own flock just enough to stay alive. After the storm passes, the shepherd invites these goats to join his flock. The goats say, why would we join you? We see how you treat your flock. You have taken what is theirs and given it to us. You made your flock no lack and have given the best to strangers. And I felt like the Lord began to say that he will not, be, uh, he will not give what belongs to his flock to strangers. The Lord has seen the hardships you have endured and your wounds. He says to put away your distractions in this season. Turn your eyes to the Lord and drink deeply of his spirit. Have your fill. The first fruits of ours. His blessing is being made available to his church first. That's the healing. That's the abundance. That's the wealth of the wicked. That's the signs and the wonders and the miracles. God has seen your faithfulness and he is making it available to his people and to his church first before anyone else. Hallelujah. The Lord also reminded me of the, the parable of the man hiring labors for his field. He gave a set, uh, a set wage to workers in the morning and they agreed upon it. As the day progressed, the man hired more laborers at the same wage, even until the day was almost over. The men came back and said, these last men put in one hour and you made them equal to us who bore the burden of the day and in the burning heat. And the Lord said, don't I have the right to do what I want with my business? Are you jealous because I'm generous? And I felt like the Lord says, there's a great harvest coming to the body of Christ. The fields are ripe. The Lord says there is not a two-tier system in the body of Christ. The blessing is being made available to us first as his body, but it is also being made available to the lost regardless of when they come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The Lord began to speak to me and he said, there's been a lot of talk about a red wave and a blue wave politically with these last elections. And the Lord says that there is a wave of the Holy Spirit coming. Amen. He said it'll be a blessing to God's people, but it is bringing judgment on the wicked. God does not prefer judgment. He prefers to lavish his mercy and his grace. The Lord says, I have pulled and pulled. 
I have called for the lukewarm. I have whispered to their hearts. As it was in the days of Noah, God says, I have left the door open for them for a period of time. God says even in the past season, there have been crises that they have faced and they have called upon me and I have bailed them out. Even so, they have not worshiped me, but my blessing. And I could see a judgment coming upon the wicked and the lukewarm, like a plague in Egypt. It is corporate and it is not individual. The Lord says that this coming crisis that the lukewarm will face will make their past crises seem like a trifle, not worth mentioning. God says they will call upon me and I will not hear them. This judgment will overtake them. Thank you. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do we receive the word? Hallelujah. Why don't we stand and give our pastor a good warm welcome as he comes, Pastor Kent Christmas. Are you thankful for the shepherd of the house today? Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise God. God bless you. You could be seated. I've just this week been just overwhelmed with a, a tremendous sense of gratitude and love for this church. I am um, I'm very grateful for you and for our church that's online. Uh, it's a great, great honor to be able to stand in the pulpit and minister the gospel to you. And um, I remember, you know, for so many years not being able to, to see this kind of, of, of church. And it just makes me very humble that with all the choices that are out there that you would choose this house. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart that you have made Regeneration Nashville what it is by the quality of people that we have in this building. And uh, I want to send my condolences out to the Evans family, Charles and Nancy. Charles sat right back there, and he passed away today and uh, was in the midst of putting sheetrock up in a house that he was building and uh, had an episode and never regained consciousness. And so we don't understand the ways of God, but I understand that God has his own ways. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach to you on war today. This has been in my spirit. Um, there's, and I'm sure that all of us have wondered this. Why didn't God destroy Lucifer when he rebelled against him? How many has ever wondered that? Why didn't God kill the devil? And I was in prayer this week, and the Lord spoke this to me. He said, the reason that I did not kill him is I needed a reference point to show my greatness. And he said, I kept the devil around just so I could show how great I am. You would never know how great Michael Jordan was if there hadn't been the Detroit Pistons and Charles Barkley and different players that he excelled against because there were great, great players way above the normal. And yet when he stepped on the court, 
it was a different stratosphere. Same thing with, with Tiger Woods when he was in his heyday. When they had golf tournaments, all the other golfers come wondering who would make second. They already knew who was going to win. Hadn't been played, but they already knew he was going to win. Why? Because he was so great. But what made him great was the field that he played against. That was the only reference. God needed the devil in order to show us how great God is. Because there is a mentality in all of us as inhumans, unless you really get a hold of it, that we have a tendency to make the devil greater than he is. In Isaiah chapter 14, it says this, there will come the day that God will let us physically see the devil. And we will say this, is this the man? that made nations tremble and the earth shake, it will shock us because he will not be what most people thought he was. And so I believe that even as the Lord spared Pharaoh to show his greatness, so did God spare the enemy, but it doesn't mean that he will live forever. And so we're going to take our text today starting in Uh, Daniel chapter 10. In fact, before we go there, you can turn there, but there are three wars that I want to talk about in the spirit. The first war has already been fought between God and the devil. And that is, you can read a little bit about it in Ezekiel chapter 28. You can read some about it in Isaiah chapter 14. It tells bits and pieces. But it's very interesting that God, when he moved on men of old to pen the Holy Scriptures, he did not give the devil much credit. He doesn't write about him much because he didn't matter to the Lord. You can't find a whole book or entire chapters about how the devil did this and how the devil did that. In fact, the book is about Jesus Christ. And so when Lucifer was created and he was anointed, he was a cherub and he was a worship leader, he was on the holy mountain and he's decked with all these beautiful stones and he leads the angels in praise and worship. And then whatever, the the Bible says he was perfect until iniquity was found in him. And whenever iniquity was found in him, what it did to Lucifer, it said, upseat God. Replace God. That's always been the intent from the the time that Lucifer fell was I will replace God in the earth. And he's still trying to do it right now. And what you're seeing in this hour, this cancel culture, is ultimately about canceling the Lord Jesus Christ and replacing him with the fact that there is no God, there is no powers, and that we are gods and we are in control of our own destiny. We came from a big bang theory our ancestors are monkeys and God has nothing to do with it how can men who have PhDs and be so brilliant and swallow and embrace a concept that the intricacies of creation down to unexplainable atoms and all those things came out of an explosion 
But whenever you reject God, you will embrace idiocy. My wife says that's not a word. And I told her, I says it's a word now because I made it up and it gets the point across. So the very first war that we find is the Bible said that Lucifer came into the presence of the Lord and he basically, just, and there's nowhere that it says what he did. It just basically, he comes in, tells God, get off the throne, I'm taking over. And Jesus in his greatness and in his way of simplicity just said this, I was there. He said, I, was, I saw what happened and the devil fell like lightning. That was the end of the conflict. That was the end of the war. There's no air anywhere in the scripture does it say that God had to holler at the two-thirds of the angels that did not stand with Lucifer. Guys, get your swords. We're getting ready for the battle of our life. He just looked at the devil and said, buddy, I made you. I put you here, and now you're out. And in one moment, the Bible said that God Almighty cast the devil out of heaven, and Jesus said he fell like lightning, and then heaven went back on being heaven, and God went back on being God. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost today in this house. God tried to do something in our spirits. That was the war. That was the first one. Short war. Civil war. And then it was over. So let's go book to the book of Daniel. And uh, I'm trying to piece this together. I got most of this in the last 24 hours. I was just seeking the Lord. But in Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks, 21 days. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till the three whole weeks was fulfilled. And then down to verse 10, and behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved. This moves me every time I read the book of Daniel. There are three different times that the angel will speak to Daniel, and he said, you are greatly beloved. Wouldn't you love to hear that? Well, you don't know it, but you are greatly beloved by God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Whether you were born out of wedlock or not, you are not a mistake. Hallelujah. You are greatly beloved. But the reason that God just doesn't say beloved, but he says greatly beloved, is because David loved God, or Daniel loved God, to the point that he would lay down his life for the Lord. And the angel then addresses him and says, you are greatly beloved. He said, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. He said, get up off your knees, stand up. For unto thee am I now sent. This wasn't just an accident. 
He said, I need you to stand up and look at me because I have been sent from heaven. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Verse 12, he said unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand the visions that he was having and to humble thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I have come for thy words. I want to tell you something, that all the prayers that you have prayed, God has already heard them. There is nothing that God has not heard of your petitions. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. God will come. And he looked at Daniel and he said, uh, there's been a delay, but he said, I have been sent. And he said, I want you to know. He said, don't be afraid. Hallelujah. He said, for the words that you have prayed, God has heard. And then he explains why Daniel hasn't understood. He says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, or angels, an archangel, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of, the, of Persia, and now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days? For yet the vision is for many days. So this last verse, I'm just going to touch this for a moment. What he's telling Daniel, he says, what you saw is not about your lifetime. He says it's for another time. It's for latter days. You know what day that is? That's the day that you and I live in right now. But he said, Daniel, he said, I could not come even though I was sent by God. He said, on my way, he said, I encountered a king, a prince of evil that withstood me, that came against me to stop me from bringing the words of understanding to you. Now we go back to what we were talking about, the first war. When Lucifer fell, God did not destroy him. But the scripture tells us that God cast him into the heavenlies. One scripture says heaven, but when you look up the original, it's not heaven because he's been cast out of heaven. He was cast into the heavenlies. This is why the scripture says that the devil is the prince and the power of the heavenlies. He's not in heaven and he's not in earth. He is in the heavenlies, in between the earth and heaven. And whenever God begins to release something out of heaven, it has to go through the heavenlies in order to get to the earth. When God sent that angel to come and release the word of the Lord to Daniel, there was war that broke out in the heavenlies between the angel that was sent and the king of Persia, that demonic spirit. Whether you realize it or not, every area has a, dem a demonic prince. 
there are strong men that rule over areas of our earth, areas of our cities, areas of our nations. They rule over kingdoms. There are many kingdoms in the earth. This is why when Jesus was asked, teach us how to pray, he said, pray this, thy kingdom come and thy will be done, where? In the earth like it already is in heaven. What you and I are encountering right now, not just in the United States, but around the world, is that there is a war going on in the heavens right now to stop the release of the power and of the will of God that has already, hear me by the Spirit, it's already been released out of heaven. It is already on its way. But the Bible says that there are demonic angels that have encountered the ambassadors from heaven and are saying, we're not going to let you bring it. And for 21 days, there was a war in the heavenlies until the ambassador that was sent began to lose ground. And he said, and God sent Michael, the archangel, into the battle. And when Michael, the archangel, was put into the battle, it changed things. And they begin to drive back the prince of Persia. And after 21 days of the war in the heavenlies, wouldn't you like to have a video of Michael the archangel and these other angels battling the powers and the prince of Persia? I can tell you, all that you see going on in government, all that you see hearing in the media is there is a war going on in the heavenlies right now over this earth because the enemy does not want God to be able to release by the power of the Lord what the church has been entitled to and promised by the power of God by the spirit of the Lord God loose the angels loose the angels no wonder the Lord said he shall give his angels charge over thee they shall bear thee up lest anyone suggest their foot against a stone by the power of the Holy Ghost, we bind every kingdom prince in the atmosphere over this city in the name of Jesus. I curse you in the name of the Lord. I loose the Holy Ghost. I loose the apostolic, angelic help in the atmosphere over us. You got to get war mentality. Why God told Timothy through Paul, he said, Why, uh, wage a good war. How? With the prophetic word that has gone over you. Uh, some of you need to go back and begin to quote what God has already declared uh, over your life uh, and go to war in the Holy Ghost uh, instead of saying, well, I don't know if it'll ever come through. You need to understand uh, there is an impediment in the atmosphere uh, that's trying to stop what God wants to loose. Uh, you've got to keep on praying. What would have happened 
if Daniel would have stopped praying after 18 days? Could it be what gave the angels the edge in the heavenlies was the intercessory prayer of the greatly beloved in the earth realm. So if that's true, no wonder the church doesn't hardly have anything because we quit praying. And we want God to do it all. We're trying to figure out why aren't there any angels battling for us? Because there's no prayer that gives them the incentive. Because that ambassador was full of the word of the Lord that God had put in him. Standing in the Shekinah presence of the holiest of holies in the true tabernacle in heaven. And if you can envision it for a moment, he's standing there and God Almighty looks at him and says, now this is what I want you to tell Daniel. And he begins to give him this dialogue. He begins to download into him all of this glorious understanding and wisdom. And I, I, when, you, when you get an unction from God, you can't help yourself. I can, I can just tell you that when, when I know I'm going to preach and I really have an unction in me, it's like forget praise and worship and everything else. I could just walk right up behind the pulpit and start preaching because it's like, let's just get with it. Because it's just, there's, there's something in you and you, you just got to get it out. <clears throat> and when he left heaven, he was on a mission. But the devil heard what God told the angel. You say, well, that's not, that's not true. We know this for a fact that the devil has access to heaven because in Job, Jesus or God looked at Satan and he said, he said when the sons of God along with Satan came to present themselves unto the Lord. You know, that just must really bother the devil that he'd be doing his work, and all of a sudden, he gets a download from God that says, I need you to come on up here. And he has to do what God says to do. And he has to stand there alongside all the other angels that did not fall. And they're all standing there in power and splendor and glory, and they're looking over at him. And his name uh, <clears throat> means filth. It went from day star to filth. And so it must be humiliating <clears throat> for Satan to have to stand in the presence of God with all the holy angels of which he used to be a part of, and he can't lie. And God just asks him questions, and he has to be honest. So we know he has access into the presence of the Lord. So he hears what God has released. Whether you realize it or not, <clears throat> The conflict that you and I are in right now, and this, this really hit me again in praise and worship. The conflict that you and I are involved in right now and in the earth was over the moment it was declared prophetically through the mouth of the prophets in the Old Testament. 
And yet Christians are still wondering, what will the outcome be? It's already sealed. Hear me by the Spirit. It is impossible for us to lose. It is impossible for this church to die. Hallelujah. It's already been sealed in the prophetic word of the Lord. And time cannot kill what God has decreed shall happen. So it doesn't matter if it's a thousand years or two thousand years or three thousand years later. The angel already said it. This ain't about your time, Daniel. This is about another time. Way beyond your life. Way beyond your future. He said, but I can tell you this. The outcome has already been sealed in the spirit. Then he said this. Seal it up. What that means, that the devil can't get a pen and amend it. You know why this nation is so messed up? It's because we got too many evil men that amended the Constitution. When the Constitution of the United States of America was pinned by our fathers... They were not writing it with the foresight that one day it would have to address abortion. That was a preposterous thought that human beings would take the fruit of a womb and kill a baby and to the point now that you can have them full term born, lay on a cold granite stainless steel table and then decide to kill them. That wasn't in the Constitution. So we amended it in order for the Constitution to be able to handle abortion. When they wrote the Constitution, they weren't thinking in terms of men having sex with men and women having sex with women. That was a crazy idea, but it had to be amended so the Constitution could work in this society. But it was born, it was built, it was written for a godly nation that lived by the precepts of the word of the Lord. And I can tell you this, we will not bow down to any ungodly amendment. You can take our breath, you can take our life, you can shed our blood but when it's all over, said and done, we still stand for the absolute, irrefutable, unanointed word of the Holy Ghost that God is God and the devil is a liar and the word of the Lord shall forever endure by the spirit of the Lord I loose an anointing today through the airways of this nation, over this house, let God rule and reign, let righteousness reclaim her place. What you are involved in right now is in the, we are in the middle of the second of the third war that's going to transpire in the earth. And when you study the scriptures, every time the enemy Every time Satan has a war with God, he falls farther down. It never elevates him. His desire was, I will ascend above. 
I'm going to go up, up, up. I'm going to be promoted, promoted, promoted. And every time he encountered God, he went farther down. He falls from heaven to the heavenlies. He rules in the heavenlies. And this is right now what we are encountering. We are somewhere prophetically in a 21-day battle that's going on in the heavens between the powers of darkness and the powers of righteousness. We have to hold our ground. We cannot quit interceding. We cannot keep, we cannot stop praying. We cannot lose hope. We cannot cave in. Hallelujah. That was a great word my son gave. And every, you see, God is waiting till every single answer <clears throat> in the natural that we keep looking at for things to turn around dies. You know, first it was we'd hope the election would be recounted and Trump would be put back in. President Trump would be reinstated. And then we've been waiting for this red wave and there was no red wave. I don't know, you put red and blue together, I'd probably pink. There was a pink wave. <clears throat> Purple, is that what it is? I'm not real good with the colors there, but, <laughs> but you get my point. And now people, you know, are kind of excited because I think that President Trump announced his candidacy, candidacy again, <clears throat> and Elon Musk has re in, in, uh, put him back into the realm of Twitter. Um, he's not your savior. You have to understand, as a church, we are in a spirit realm battle. And politics is not a weapon. It's a result. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's amazing how many Christians will stand all day with a Republican placard in the cold, but you can't get them to spend a half hour in prayer meeting in intercessory prayer. How many will go to jail over abortion, but they won't be faithful to the house of God? How many will give all kinds of thousands of dollars to these political causes but don't want to support a missionary in China or Nigeria? Oh, God, give us a spiritual mentality. Your weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians 6, put you on the whole, what? Armor of God. Paul to Timothy, fight the fight. Be a good soldier. Endure hardness with your spirit. Can I tell you, we need some warriors that will hold up and stand up in the power of God and declare, Michael, I know you're up there at Regeneration Nashville. We're praying for you. We're interceding for you. Keep up the fight. Keep up the fight. Keep up the fight because there is a prophetic word of the Lord that has to be released by the power of God. And right now 
what I believe that we are getting ready to see is the end of this second war that is happening. Psalms 115 and 16 says, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has been given to the children of men. Never was given to the devil. I give you the definition of war. It is a state of violent armed conflict between opposing forces for a particular end. We call that seeker-friendly churches. Or maybe we don't. We got too many people that don't want conflict. You hear me by the Spirit. Your enemy lives for conflict. And he may say, I will compromise. He may say, I will make a treaty. Peace in his eyes, war in his heart. The enemy will never make peace with righteousness. Never. Hallelujah. This is why God is going to have to do what we heard prophetically declared. There has to be something so so profound, so divine, so unusual, never perhaps seen or heard of, that has to happen in the earth in order to shake men. Because there is an arrogance in humanity around the world that thinks we control our own destiny, not realizing every one of us in this building right now are breathing because God has let breath come out of his hands. But if God wants to, he could look at you and go, and you would never take another breath and we would have your service this coming week. Can I tell you, we exist because of the mercy and of the power of God. And there is no dictator. Man, I feel this in the spirit. There is no dictator. There is no government. There is no politician. There is no army that can stand match eye to eye and toe to toe with God and say we're going to change the way things are. God said, I am still king of kings and the Lord of lords, my word, my word, my word will not return it to me, boy. So for there to be a breakthrough and a harvest in the spirit realm, one of the things that we're going to have to shift from is stop equating the last move of God in terms of natural things, in terms of money, possessions, facilities. I already know this. Somewhere God has something for us. And it's not going to be leftovers. I claim the best in this city. 
for this church. <clears throat> and I, 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 we've been, we, you know, we've been throwing things around and brainstorming and um, we got such brilliant people in, the, in this church that work in the realms of finance and, and Wall Street and real estate and all of that. And uh, <clears throat> we've, come, you know, we've thrown around things and we thought maybe we could buy property and build and I just get a thud. And the reason I do is because I hear God saying there's no time. And here's what I think happens if, let's, let's say that, that financially we, somebody comes along and, and gives us all the money we need to, to build and all of that, a state-of-the-art facility with the mindset against churches in this hour and codes and the hatred and all of that, it's going to be at least three years. We have to build a building that seats a minimum of three to 4,000 people. We need <clears throat> great kids' facilities. We need great youth facilities. <clears throat> we need a parking lot that parks about 1,500 to 2,000 cars. I mean, we're talking, <clears throat> excuse me, we're talking about millions of dollars. So when it's way out of your scope, you just do what you do, and you let God do what he does. So I can't lay in bed at night worrying myself to sit, just wondering, my God, what are we going to do December 31st? We're going to do what God, hallelujah, has already sealed before he ever birthed this church. And we will not be homeless, hallelujah. But the blessing of God is upon us. And in the spirit realm, what we're seeing is, and I have a feeling that we are somewhere around 20 days in this thing. 20, we're close to the 21st day. And I'm telling you, when 23 hits, there is divine angelic visitation that's going to be released into the earth. Because the enemy is going to be cast out of the heavenlies. And I'm going to give you a scripture for this. First battle's in heaven. Second battle is in the heavenlies. Now we go to Revelations chapter 12. Y'all with me so far? Yeah. Revelations chapter 12. And verse 7. Because this is what we're getting ready to see. And there was war in the heavenlies. And Michael and his angels did what? Fought against the dragon. Sounds a whole lot like what we read in Daniel. That he said, the prince of Persia withstood me. But Michael showed up. And I also, this is also why Israel can never be wiped out. It's because in the scriptures several times it says this, that Michael is the angel of Israel. The six-day war that Egypt should have won 
they lost because Michael got involved in it in the Middle East and made things happen that should not have happened. We also know this, that the Bible says that the first harvest that's going to take place in the earth is that God is going to send angels into the earth and they are going to remove or they're going to reap out of the earth those who offend and commit iniquity in the body of Christ. So, there is getting ready to be an infusion of an angelic army that is going to be physically involved on behalf of the church in the next several years. And this is why we're going to see unprecedented victories in the atmosphere is because this battle, hallelujah, is going to have victory because the heavens will no longer be controlled by the devil, but Satan is now being cast out. Just as he was out of heaven, he's now being cast out of the heavenlies. You say, then what happens to him? Well, let's, let's read on. says, there's war in the heavens, or the heavenlies in the original. The dragon fought and his angels, verse 8, and prevailed not. This is powerful. Neither was there a place found any more in the heavenlies. Just as God kicked him out of heaven... He's not going to kick him out of the atmosphere, out of the heavenlies. This is where, this is why the devil's had so much success. It's because before it ever gets to the earth, he encounters the battle in the heavenlies where he has been the prince and the power of the air. But when Jesus came along, he stripped the enemy of his authority. And so now, the devil is getting ready to have some change. Um, Verse 9, and that great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and he's cast out where? Into the earth. And the angels are cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Now, I told you that The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. God, I believe in, we're getting ready to see a shift where the enemy is going to be cast out of the heavenlies. He's going to be cast into the earth. When he's cast into the earth... He is going to be encountered by the church. 
because the earth belongs to us. He was the prince in the power of the air. He no longer has any place that legally belongs to him. He is cast into the earth. When he is cast into the earth, you and I are going to see a level of authority. And one reason being is because <clears throat> if there's no reason for angels to be in the heavenlies, then they're headed where? To the earth. Because Hebrews says this, they are ministering angels for who? You and I, the heirs of righteousness. So every time the enemy encounters God, he falls to a lower place and to a lower place and to a lower place. He falls from heaven into the heavenlies. He falls from the heavenlies into the earth. Now for the next few years, we're going to see this greatest outpouring of the glory of the Lord because the enemy has been demoted again by the Spirit of God. Eventually, see if I have this written down here. Eventually in, in Revelations chapter 20, in verse 10, and it says, The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 7, when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. So, when he is cast into the earth and the church defeats the devil, the Bible said that one angel is going to come with a chain and by himself, he is going to wrap the devil up. And the Bible says for 1,000 years, the devil will be bound in hell. And there will be no demonic spirits in the earth. It will be called the millennial reign. And for 1,000 years, we shall rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. What we're seeing in this hour is that we are going to see an end of the war in the heavenlies. And when God casts the devil out of the heavenlies into the earth, there is going to be unprecedented revival and harvest that's going to break loose in the atmosphere because the devil, hallelujah, is no match for the church of the Most High. And so I want to tell you today that get ready there's good news there is another war coming to an end and all of this mess we see in media that's been going on in the heavenlies where's it all been going think about this where's the devil had his greatest success satellites there would be no media around the world if it was not for satellites. Where are satellites? In the heavenlies. And 
most of them are promoting the rhetoric of the devil. I can't say this prophetically, but boy, I can see it by the Spirit that God just begins to blast satellites. And for some reason that nobody can explain, all of a sudden stuff's going offline. Because the angels of the Lord, as Michael's coming out of the heavenlies, hallelujah, and he's defeated the enemy, he's just blasting satellites. And this is why the Lord is saying that there's a, there is a new network that's being formulated in the spirit realm that's going to be loosed over the earth. And it's going to release the voice of God around the world. Hallelujah. Why? Because the heavenlies will be purified and there will be no demonic powers that rule in the heavenlies because God Almighty is going to cast Satan, the scripture says, out of the heavenlies to the earth. And when he hits the earth, I get news for the devil. There's a whole bunch of us that have been waiting to get our hands on you. Hallelujah. You've been out of reach. I can pray against you. I can bind you. But oh, when he gets in the midst of the church of the Most High, we're going to put our foot on the neck of the enemy and say, how do you like that? There ought to be a shout today in this building that God is shifting things by the Spirit of the Lord and there is a release when God oh, I hear this in the Holy Ghost. There is wealth being hung up in the heavens. There are so being hung up in the heavens. There is real estate being hung up in the heavens. But when the devil is cast out of heaven, deeds are going to break loose. Money's going to break loose. Healing's going to break loose. Why? Because there will be a clear realm between heaven and the earth and nothing in between will be able to stop the glory of the Lord. Go ahead and stand with me. That's all I got. In fact, let's see if we have this written. Be a good way to end. Verse 7 of Revelation 20 says, you know, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. <clears throat> And um, Gog made Gog together and together to battle the number of whom is this the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints and the beloved city. I love this. And fire came down from God out of heaven to devoured them. Boom. They're getting all ready. They got all their strategy, all their weapons, and God's just going to look down and say, you know, I just had enough of that. <laughs> and they're all gone. They're all burned up just a moment. And it makes me think of the verse that says, and our God is a consuming fire. You can only mess with God so long. And the devil is messing with God. Shame on our political leaders. You are messing with God. 
And I'm at the point now that I stick the Republicans in the same wash tub as I do the Democrats. They're all a bunch of betrayers. I'm trying to be nice here, but I tell you, I'm fired up in the spirit. There is a war mentality that God is trying to put. God raised Regeneration Nashville up because we're going to war. We're going to war. And the devil has stayed out of reach of us because he was in the heavenlies. But for the first time in the history of the devil, is he going to be put in the presence of the church and have nowhere to go? He can't, he can't go back up in the heavenlies. He can't go back into heaven. He's in the earth. And then the Bible says when God gets done, <clears throat> he's going to put him in the earth for a thousand years. And then he said when he gets done with that, he's going to put him in the lake of fire. So it's not a good ending. My intent for this message to help you understand that God has already won. And you need to get a war mentality. And the beauty of it is, when you study the scriptures, he's already told us what's going to happen. It's already in there. I was praying, and the Lord began to get us to I thought, why have you ever seen this before? And sometimes it's just it's on a need-to-know basis, I guess. We need to know now that the devil, God is after him. This in the spirit, I keep hearing God say, stand still. The battle is not yours. It's mine. It started in heaven, and God says, I'm going to end it in hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, every demon spirit, under the sound of my voice, over the airwaves into every country, Hallelujah. We put you on notice <clears throat> that we curse you in the name of Jesus. And we are prepared for when you're cast into the earth that we are going to put our foot on your neck and you are defeated in the name of Jesus. And we command the enemies, hallelujah, to begin to loose other countries around the world. In the name of the Lord, we loose the harvest of God in the Philippines, and in India, hallelujah, Nigeria, Belize, hallelujah, Lithuania, Russia, China, oh, Australia, Sweden, hallelujah, all around the world, I begin to loose this word today that's gone forth into the atmosphere and into the heavenlies over the earth right now. I begin to declare a purging. Hallelujah. And we call for Michael. Father, send Michael the archangel into the heavenlies. God, to begin to war for us. Give us our building in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name. Give us our children. Give us our health. Give us our business. In the name of the Lord, hallelujah, by the Spirit of God. I don't know. Get my musicians out here. How many believe this is going to help the way you pray? Stop 
going into prayer feeling like you need to win the battle and start going to prayer thinking I've already won and I'm coming into agreement I, here's what I've been doing in prayer lately you know a, a while back be, I was praying and, and I was saying Lord I just I'm, I, help me to come into agreement with you and I believe that we need to come into agreement with God but God said, why don't you pray that I will come into agreement with you? And I thought, all right, I will. Because as men as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And if we pray according to the will of the Father, then we're praying the heart of God. And so the things that we're praying, it's coming out of our spirit realm. And so we just begin to decree, Lord, as I've come into agreement with you, I'm asking you now to come into agreement with me. That this week, my child's going to come to the Lord. Put a date on it. We don't want to talk about what God did in the past. We want to talk about what God's going to do in the future. Because then it releases us from having faith for the present. I want God to do it now. Hallelujah. 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 This is why the scripture says, for the devil hath come down in great wrath. When he's cast out of the heavenlies, he's going to hit the earth so mad. It says he's coming down in great wrath knowing that he has but a short time. It's going to hit him. My God, I got kicked out of heaven. I've not been kicked out of the heavenlies. I have been cast to the earth. This might not end well for me. So if I'm going to hell, I'm going to take as many with me as I can. That's his mentality. So you cannot be fearful. You cannot be intimidated. There's something being released in the spirit realm right now. In fact, I want you to just come stand with me in this altar because I believe you're going to leave here changed today. I hear God saying, release. I hear God saying, release, release, release. Now, I want you to hear me. When the devil is cast out of the heavenlies, he can't take with him what he took. Everything that he stole has to be returned to its rightful owner. Everything that the devil had stolen from you when God in these next few weeks cast the enemy out of the heavenlies, he has to give back to you what he stole from you hallelujah you can't take my family you can't take my increase sing it burn hallelujah well i plead i plead the blood yeah i plead i plead the blood sing it with us now i plead i plead the blood i plead i plead the blood this means war this means war. Mm -hmm. 
You know, this is, I, I know this is a really carnal illustration, but I love sports cars. And if I was a multimillionaire, I'd have a warehouse full of them. Probably wouldn't drive them, I'd just walk through and look at them. It's like women have, well, uh, yeah. I was going to say that, and then I, I don't want to get in trouble, so I can say that. So it had something to do with shoes and purses, but I, uh, so. My dream car years ago was, I, the first time I saw a Dodge Viper, I thought, my God, I'd love to have that car. And, um, you know, I didn't have any money, couldn't begin to afford it. But I'd go in my garage, and I'd mark me out a spot. And I thought, one of these days, I'm gonna have me a Dodge Viper sitting right there. And you know what? I mean, I'll have it now. But I eventually had me a uh, 2003 candy apple red with a black convertible top, SR10 Dodge Viper, sitting in my garage. And sometimes I would just go out, just put my hand on it. <laughs> and I walk around, I go, I cannot believe that's my car. But I made preparation for it. You need... How many of you know that there are things that the devil took from you that have your name on it? Yes. I'm telling you, there's so much anointing right now in this atmosphere. You know what I see? I see Michael prying the fingers of demons off of stuff 
miracles, healings, blessings, abundance that belong to you right now. Make preparation for it. So I want you to begin to tell the Lord, God, I thank you that it's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. Lord, I'm rejoicing in it. In the name of the Lord. Go ahead, Bert. that we're coming into the season of Thanksgiving. And I remember prophetically, I, I, I declared to you a few weeks ago that we were going to be very thankful in November. And I didn't really feel like it was tied politically, but I'm telling you by the Spirit that God is doing some incredible things. And if you could see it in the spirit right now, I'm telling you that the devil is being laid hold on. And God is casting him out of the heavenlies to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. Strongholds over this nation. Hallelujah. We pull down strongholds over our nation. We pull them down over political injustice, murder. Hallelujah. For all of the women and children in, that are being held in homes captive right now, we don't have any idea how many hundreds of people are sex slaves right now in basements of homes. I, this come up my spirit. Hallelujah. Make God right now begin to send angels and open the prison doors over these women, these children, God, that are being held captive and abused and tormented. We bring them out in the name of the Lord. God, we speak the spirit of liberty, liberty over the United States of America. The freedom of the Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. I come to declare freedom unto the captives. So my wife and I, I think it would be fitting that we just, we just pray over you. That this be the most unusual Thanksgiving that the United States has ever seen. Hallelujah, because I'm telling you that the scripture says the devil's been cast out of the heavenlies. That means there's a free path between heaven and the earth without any demonic interference. We've never had church like that. We've never lived under, nobody's ever lived under that kind of realm. We're going to be the first generation of human beings that have ever been created 
that are going to live on an earth where there is no demonic interference between heaven and the earth. That the moment while we are yet praying it, hallelujah, before we can finish the sentence, the answer comes. The miracle takes place. The, the need is met. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, Lord, I speak, God, over this church and over our church around the world. God, first of all, we thank you for the word of the Lord that has given us hope. That, again, there's a demotion coming to the devil. God, that he's going to fall a little farther into the abyss. And, the Lord, we praise you that in the month of Thanksgiving, Lord, in November, that, Lord, we're going to see great things begin to take place in the spirit realm. Now, God, we pray over every family. God, that there would be joy around the table. No conflict. God, that they would see strife ended, feuds ended, hatred ended, unforgiveness destroyed. God, that the love of the Lord would begin to flow like wine in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for our new home. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that, Lord, for the word of the Lord that now has gone forth into the spirit realm. And all that you have declared shall come to pass. Now, Lord, I bless the sheep that my wife and I shepherd. God, may we hold them up and protect them but you are the chief shepherd so Lord all of us as your sheep lead us, guide us love on us, hold us close Lord we're forever grateful that you left at 99 and went and found us and oh God we love you in the name of Jesus we pray, amen and if nobody's told you yet they love you today, let me be the first. <laughs> so, hold on. Somebody did tell you. <laughs> yeah, but I really do. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We love you so much. God bless you.